flip through music podcasts like you would the dollar bins of your local record shop, hoping to stumble upon that rare pressing or super under-the-radar classic? Well, dig no further. Vinyl Emergency is where musicians, everyday album collectors, and those who press, design, or otherwise celebrate vinyl records come to share their stories about how this influential medium has shaped their lives and careers. I'm your host, Jim Hankey, and you can join me and a new guest every other Tuesday as we take you through LP artwork that has stood the test of time, neighborhood record stores we remember, the first albums we ever bought. The tangible object of a vinyl record can spark so many intangible memories, and that's what Vinyl Emergency aims to capture and share with you. Past episodes have featured interviews with Hosier, Roseanne Cash, Creed Bratton from NBC's The Office, members of Foo Fighters, Wilco, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, and Hall & Oates. Not to mention label owners, record pressers, and more within today's exploding vinyl community. You don't need to be a longtime record collector to enjoy or keep up with the program, but I guarantee you'll learn something new about each of our guests whenever you listen. Subscribe to Vinyl Emergency however you get podcasts, and follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Vinyl Emergency. Want more Bizarre Albums? Sign up at patreon.com slash bizarrealbums to get weekly bonus episodes of the new companion show, B-Sides. Go a little deeper on each album every week on B-Sides. That's patreon.com slash bizarrealbums. Hi, my name is Tony Thaxton. Like anyone else, I love a great album. But I also love those strange albums that might make you wonder how and why they even exist. But I'm not here to make fun of them. I'm here to celebrate them and tell their story. This is Bizarre Albums. Today's episode, Piledriver, The Wrestling Album 2, from 1987. On the first episode of Bizarre Albums, I told the story of The Wrestling Album from 1985. If you haven't heard that episode, I recommend stopping this now and listening to that first so you get the full story. Go. Go on. Welcome back. As the 1980s progressed, the popularity of professional wrestling, in particular the World Wrestling Federation, continued. WrestleMania became an annual event, often referred to as the Super Bowl of Sports Entertainment. Success reached its peak on March 29, 1987 for WrestleMania III at the Pontiac Silverdome. The main event was Hulk Hogan defending his WWF title against Andre the Giant, who had recently turned heel. Heel is wrestle-speak for bad guy, by the way, if you didn't know that, and baby faces are what they call the good guys. It was Andre's first time wrestling as a heel in the United States, and at this point Hulk Hogan had now been the champion for three years. The hype was huge. You got 93,173 fans standing on their feet for this one, Gorilla. The irresistible force meeting the immovable object. The WWF broke the indoor attendance record with 93,173 attendees. Or so they claimed. This has been the subject of controversy for years. The official promoter of the event has said that the real number is 78,000. To this day, it's still an ongoing debate that no one seems to be able to get to the bottom of. But no matter what the true number was, there's no denying, WrestleMania 3 was huge. And Vince McMahon wasn't stopping there. Plans were underway for a brand new pay-per-view event later that year called the Survivor Series, and work was underway for a follow-up to the wrestling album. Here's Craig DeGeorge on Primetime Wrestling. Hello once again, everyone. You know, it was two years ago when the World Wrestling Federation superstars gathered to take their talents to the recording studio. 
and the result produced the wrestling album, which ended up going gold. And now, optimism running rampant on the WWF's latest singing endeavor. Here it is. It's Piledriver, the wrestling album, too. That's right. On September 21st, 1987, Piledriver, the wrestling album, too, was released on Epic Records. Oh, yeah! Rick Derringer was back as the producer. He and the album's engineer, Tommy Edmonds, wanted to get an actual singer instead of a wrestler to sing the album's opening track, Girls in Cars. And they didn't quite go in the direction you'd expect. They called in Robbie Dupree. Then show me what you came here Robbie Dupree was best known for his 1980 hit, Steal Away a song that the Beyond Yacht Rock podcast gave an 85 on their Yachtsky scale, their scientific measurement of musical yachtness. It's not exactly the type of music that makes you think of pro wrestling. In a 2020 interview with Rolling Stone, Dupree said he didn't want to do the song, but thought, quote, No one is ever going to hear this, so fuck it. I'm going to get paid good money, and it'll vanish. End quote. The song is credited to Robbie Dupree and Strike Force, a short-lived WWF tag team, though there doesn't seem to actually be any trace of them on the track. An instrumental version of the song would go on to be their ring entrance music. They pass you on the road with a smile and you have to look twice. And you wonder to yourself, could a woman really look that nice? Here doing a remix of Girls in Cars for Rick and Tito's entrance music. When I first spoke to Rick and Tito about writing the song for them, every idea I brought up to them, they shot back girls at me. So pretty soon we were talking about only girls, and uh, we were talking about driving around in our cars and the girls we see and how you want to try to chase them down, but you never seem to be able to find them again. Uh, we got our good friend Robbie Dupree to sing it for us. He did a great job singing it, and uh, we're really happy about the way it came out. That's Jim Johnston from the Pile Driver the Music Video VHS that was released that same year and featured music videos for eight of the album's ten songs. Jim Johnston had started working as a composer for the WWF in 1985. In addition to writing songs for this album, he also composed the WWF, eventually the WWE, wrestlers' ring entrance music. And most of the songs from Pile Driver would go on to become entrance music for most of the wrestlers which was in fact the case for the album's title track, performed by Coco Beware. Nicknamed The Birdman, Coco Beware made his debut in the WWF one year earlier on September 6th, Hey, That's My Birthday. At that time, Coco came to the ring to Morris Day in the Times' The Bird, along with his blue and yellow macaw named Frankie. But once the Piledriver album was released, the title track became his new entrance music. Sometimes love is like a slow dance. You can tiptoe around, but don't make a sound. You can make a little sound of romance. But sometimes love. 
Coco is now a member of the WWE Hall of Fame and still wrestling today. I spoke with current professional wrestler RJ City about a show he once did with Coco. It cannot be understated how badly Coco Beware uh, mispronounces the word argument (laughs) in the song. Argument. He literally, arguments, yeah. So we were all backstage at the show and and the promoter does his pre-show speech and blah, blah, blah. And then a guy says, Coco, uh, before we go, I just have to ask you a question. What is an argument? And Coco had no idea what he was talking about. And then they started doing it. They said, you know, Coco, sometimes love is like a slow dance. And everyone was like, ah. Oh. And then he was like, then people started like slowly clapping. And then he got into it. And he sang... The whole song, which, uh, according to the track listing, is two minutes and 55 seconds. And he sang it, and he enjoyed singing it. And honestly, he was very good. And he also ate all my almonds. To coincide with this episode, a brand new enamel pin is available in the store at BizarreAlbums.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Back in 1977, when Coco Beware was training to become a pro wrestler, his training partner was Wayne Ferris, who would debut in the WWF in 1986 as the Honky Tonk Man, who was basically an Elvis wannabe. For track three, the Honky Tonk Man sings Honky Tonk Man. Here's the Honky Tonk Man talking about recording the song with kayfabecommentaries.com. Uh, the song was done, uh, they laid down the, the sound the, the music tracks and I was in Toronto and they rented a studio in Toronto and we, we cut the song. It took about 30 minutes, 20, 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. I laid the voice. You're kidding me. 30 minutes. Done. Yeah. Who wrote it? Was it Jimmy? Jimmy Hart wrote it. Okay. I got a long side burns and my hair's looking back. I'm coming to your town. Kenneth Wayne Johnson, better known as WWF manager Slick, was also featured on a song for the album. 
Here's Slick on Primetime Wrestling. Well, yeah, this is a Slick to here to tell you about the greatest single vocal performance of all time. I'm talking about Power Driver, the Wrestling 2 album. Yeah, and we ain't talking about no Pavarotti or no Billy Joel or no Lou Rawls. We talking about Jive Soul, bro. The song is actually a cover of an obscure song from 1981 called Jive Ol' Foe. Originally performed by Captain Chameleon. If you've never heard of Captain Chameleon, don't feel bad. Only one single was ever released, and the B-side was Grab Them Cakes, which was covered on the first wrestling album by the Junkyard Dog and Vicky Sue Robinson. The connection? Captain Chameleon was actually David Wolfe, the executive producer of both albums. Slick's version is pretty much the exact same song, with Jive Ol' Foe being changed to Jive Soul Bro. Well, this dude might learn a lesson, but I didn't learn a thing at all. Hillbilly Jim is back again for a very different song this time around. Waking Up Alone. The song is credited as being performed by Hillbilly Jim and Gertrude. Who is Gertrude? Here's Hillbilly Jim on the HannibalTV.com. I don't know who she was. I've never seen her. I wow. never talked to her. I don't know who she was. I don't know who the girl is. If she was just a studio girl or she was just a demo girl, some girl they got to go in and cut it. I just, I just had it. I did my part. I thought perhaps R.J. City might know who Gertrude was. To my understanding, I feel like it's his dog. Gertrude's Elaine Goff. That's Chuck Berge, one of the session drummers from this album. I spoke with him about how he got involved with this, and he led me right to the answer of the Gertrude question. This was a classic, wonderful experience. Like some albums can be incredibly... Um, like a tooth puller. This was just an absolute blast. Brief background to this. Uh, I was uh, in Meatloaf's band from 1980, late 1986 to 91. And our live sound man for the first couple of years was the recording and mixing engineer, Tommy Edmonds. So after joining Meatloaf, I met my now wife, whom we've been together with since the very first rehearsals uh, for Meatloaf, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, and she and her sister are both on this album, and they sing background. 
uh, so Amy and Elaine Goff yeah. were not only they were not only in Meatloaf's band from eighty late eighty six to ninety one, um, but I ended up marrying Amy and Elaine, my sister in law, sang the duet with uh, Hillbilly Jim, uh, and she was <laughs> credited as Gertrude oh waking up alone. It had been so long since Bergie had even heard the album that he couldn't remember for sure which songs he played on besides the title track. I also spoke via email with session drummer Kevin Hupp. When I asked him about the album, he said, quote, Damn, that was so long ago and I've done so many records I really don't remember too much other than making sure I knew what I was doing. End quote. Surprisingly, for an album featured on this show that has horns, there's no Tower of Power horns playing on this record but it does feature Richie Kanata on saxophone, who is best known for playing in Billy Joel's band until 1981. And coincidentally, Chuck Berge is the current drummer for Billy Joel. On December 16, 1987, the WWF held their second-ever Slammy Awards. For some reason, it was billed as the 37th Annual Slammy Awards. Airing three days later in syndication... The Slammy Awards were a tongue-in-cheek wrestling awards show that really served as another way to push the Piledriver album. The show included musical performances from the Honky Tonk Man and Jimmy Hart, for some reason performing Girls in Cars, a song that he neither wrote nor performed. But there's one performance that was truly memorable. And now, performing our next nominated tune is a man who has repeatedly proven that he cannot talk. And who tonight will prove that he can't sing either? Vince McMahon performing, and I believe this is good advice for all of you here and at home to put your fingers up, your ears, and stand back, Vince McMahon. Yes, the CEO of the WWF, Vince McMahon, gets his own song and not only performs it live on the Slammies, it also has choreography, various WWF superstars pretending to play instruments, with Hulk Hogan even getting a bass solo. I can't recommend enough that you get on YouTube and look this up immediately. I'll also post a clip on the show's Twitter and Instagram, at Bizarre Albums. Here's a bit of the album version of Mr. McMahon's song, Stand Back. When I was just a boy, everybody told me what I should do and who I should be. In 2001, after McMahon had started portraying his Mr. McMahon character and became the company's top heel, his Slammy's performance footage was even used against him in wrestling storylines. Now that's what I call entertainment! Where did you get that footage? Where did you find that footage? It was locked up in a safe! How did you get your hands on that footage? Thanks to his background in music, Jimmy Hart was once again involved in this album, co-writing three of its songs, including, again, one for himself, this time called Crank It Up. Hart portrayed a heel manager at the time, and Crank It Up ended up being used as entrance music for a tag team called The Young Stallions. A storyline was even created in which Hart claimed the song was supposed to be for the Hart Foundation, but The Young Stallions stole it from him. Streets, 
The album's cover featured a picture of a dirty Hulk Hogan wearing a construction helmet. This goes along with Coco Beware's Piledriver music video, which was for some reason construction-themed. Piledriver was only released on vinyl and cassette. For some reason, to this day, the album has never been released on CD, and it's not streaming on any of the music platforms. Leading up to its release, the company pushed the album constantly on all of its TV shows. Here's a clip from Primetime Wrestling on October 1st, 1987, where these fans are clearly not being told what to say. Anytime an album is released, there is always some conversation regarding which is the best song in the record. So with that in mind, this past week, I asked some of the fans about their favorites. Well, all the songs are great. It's a great album. But if I had to pick one to select out of all of them, I would pick Robbie DeVries, Girls in Cars. It's excellent. Greatest one. Awesome. The song I like best is Vince McMahon's Stand Back. That's the best song there is. Well, I really like the album, but my favorite song is definitely got to be uh, Waking Up Alone by Hillbilly Jim. It's a good one. Yeah. You got to like the Hillbilly. Oh, yeah. Chai Soul Bro. I like Rick Derringer's and Mean Jeans, Rock and Roll Hoochie Q. Well, I love the pile driver, but the best song is Girls in Cars by Robbie Dupree. You gotta hear it. Pile Driver by Coco Beware. If you only knew by all the wrestlers, it's the best song in the world. If you only knew was performed by many of the WWF superstars of that time, including the million dollar man Ted DiBiase, Macho Man Randy Savage, the Hart Foundation, Bobby the Brain Heenan, and finally actually included the man on the cover, their biggest star, Hulk Hogan. For just a couple of lines of the song. There was also a performance of this song from all the wrestlers at that Slammy Awards. Again, I highly recommend finding it on YouTube, and you'll be glad you did. The record also had a couple of Rick Derringer tunes, one featuring Mean Gene Okerlund doing rock and roll hoochie coo, and the other was for the tag team Demolition. Piledriver, the wrestling album too, ended up spending 20 weeks on the Billboard charts, peaking at number 123 and going gold in Canada. For Record Store Day in 2015, the album was reissued along with the first wrestling album as a two-LP set on red and yellow vinyl. Much like when the first wrestling album came out, Hulk Hogan was at the peak of his powers. And despite being on the cover this time, he still only appears on one song and for just a couple of lines. But eight years later, he would release a pop and rap rock album, Hulk Rules, by Hulk Hogan and the Wrestling Boot Band. But that is for another time. Thank you for listening to Bizarre Albums. If you like the show, please subscribe and leave a review. It helps people find the show. You can also follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Bizarre Albums. 
and I'm at Tony Faxton. You can also like Bizarre Albums on Facebook and visit BizarreAlbums.com. And if you still want more Bizarre Albums in your life, sign up for weekly bonus episodes of Bizarre Singles and more at Patreon.com slash Bizarre Albums. And as always, if you know of a Bizarre Album you'd like to hear featured, please tweet the show. I'd love to hear from you. You can even email me at BizarreAlbums at gmail.com. My name is Tony Thaxton, and I'll see you next time on Bizarre Albums.